Welcome to the How Do I Do This podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Levels-Moore, and your new business best friend. And this podcast is housed at Polaris Birmingham, powered by Harvest House Media. The How Do I Do This podcast is providing you with tangible insights and conversations, discussions, and insights from small business owners, entrepreneurs, innovators, thought leaders. We're not just talking about believing yourself. We are asking the real questions. How do you do this? What's the email? What's the credit card? Tell us what you did. How do you lead? So get your notes books ready your ipads ready and let's learn how do i do this hello we are back with another episode of the how do i do this podcast and i'm so excited um because we have another amazing guest with us today so we have chris smoot and co our boy roddy right um they are here from memory lane and so we're going to be talking all things business, all things entrepreneurship, because we know the premise of this podcast and the purpose is always to let you know how other people are doing it, what they're thinking about, the risks they're taking, and to really, really, really give you behind the scenes insight into what they're doing to manage their spaces, their businesses, and themselves as they navigate this new world. So one of the reasons I was really excited about interviewing Chris is because he owns a company called Memory Lane. He has multiple locations, and I think he's just doing some dope stuff, and y'all need to know about dope individuals so chris welcome thanks for having me thank you for being thank you for being on the podcast so chris has already let me know like he's like listen i don't be doing all that talking so y'all i'm gonna be pulling all different types of stuff out of him and they'll be acting funny sounds good okay <laughs> easy easy we already started and rod could you introduce yourself hey how you guys doing um my name is rodney but i go by roddy i work at memory lane chris is my guy home home memory lane crew I love that gang. All right, I love I love this silent camaraderie, and so it's really cool too because one of the things that we're gonna also talk about is we have the founder, right? But then also he's like, hey, I appreciate my team, and they really manage the day to day. So he wanted to be super intentional, intentional about ensuring that somebody from his team could talk to us about operations day to day, building the culture, and maintaining the vision of what someone has built. So I think that's dope too. So that just says a lot about your leadership and what you. Think about the people who help you get it done. So I'm excited. So let, let's jump in. One of the things I always like to do is to talk about how you guys started. So I know a little bit about your story, um, but I want you to share with people. So you're in college. Mm-hmm. You're going to UA. Okay. Okay. All right. Roll Tide. Mm-hmm. Right. To you. All right. So um, I'm sorry. I had to do it. It's cool. I know. So you're going to UA and what are you majoring in? Fashion design. Fashion design. Okay, so wait, pause. Design, yeah. How did you, because most of the time when people start, we listen, we undecided, right? Nah, we nah, undecided, you're, you're we do it. You don't know that. You know, you know we, we do an engineer, we like whatever mom and daddy say is going to make the most cash, we just start that. So how did you even know going into UA that you wanted to go into that major? Like, where was your interest? How did you get there? That's crazy uh, you even asked that. Um, I started out at UAH in Huntsville okay. for two years. Those whole entire two years, I was undecided. Okay, so you two years, so you did start that way. Okay, okay. I, I didn't I didn't choose a major until my uh, advisor mm-hmm. sat me down. And was like I took every uh, I forgot what it's called. All, all you you took every class that was possible in I undecided take, major. Right. They said it like, is now time to choose, brother. Prereqs, yeah, yeah. And I chose um, I think marketing, and there was like too much math or something, so I. <laughs> Changed that after a semester and chose something else, changed that. Then I transferred to UA. Mm-hmm. And it was either uh, shoe design or clothing design. That's dope. But they didn't have shoe design. So. Okay. 
Okay. So you were undecided all those times. You're like, listen, I tried this. I tried that. But what made you choose that, though? Like, had you always been into fashion? Had there always been something that caught your eye? I was always into, like, uh, streetwear fashion. Like, okay. back in the day, LRG. Oh, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Like, okay. Rockwear. Rockwear. I, I, I was I was big in rockwear. Yes, FUBU. I, uh, I, I was FUBU. I was gonna ask you what year you was born, but then now I want to date myself. Ninety four. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's all good. But, um, <laughs> in the eighties. Yeah, but I didn't get into like fashion, fashion until my senior year of high school for real, because I won best dress. Okay. And I didn't see how because we had uniforms. So. I mean, so you must have been like really turning your uniform out. Like, were you like cutting it up? Were you dyeing the khakis? That's what were you doing? I, I mean, I was wearing like Jordan uniform shirts or rock real, like I said, okay. uniform uh, khakis and stuff like okay. that. But um, my my two best friends were wearing polo uh-huh. school shirts and school pants and stuff like that. So I felt they should they should should have worn. But yeah, I think what stood out was my shoe decision because I always mm. wear. But then too, low key fashion, like you can see people that have nice things. But the way they fashion is all about like how you wear, like how you show up. You know what I'm saying? Like even the day when you first walked in, I'm like, okay, you swaggy. First of all, don't even try to stun on me like that. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a light day. You see what I'm saying? Like, but sometimes it's just really how you show up. It's really like how you feel. You know what I'm saying? And yourself. So, okay. So, you you were undecided, but you always kind of had a thing for fashion in some way. And you got to UA. And you're like, okay, bet. I'm a, I'm going to major in this. Mm-hmm. So, you're going through the program. You're learning. And then how many... So, you got there. What year were you in when you got there? Uh, I was a sophomore heading to my, like, junior. Okay. Uh, so, you have about, like, a year and a half, two years left at mm-hmm. UA. And then you get into a study abroad program. Yeah, uh, my senior year. Yeah. Senior year. Okay, so tell us about the study abroad program because this study abroad program is really kind of what what introduced you to the concept of memory lane. The concept of being an entrepreneur in general. Yeah. Okay, dope. So tell us about this. So, um, how it started? I was supposed to find an intern internship. Okay. Um, for my last semester of college. But I was like the only person in my whole college who couldn't find one. Okay. Because uh, I was talking to different companies, but they were saying I didn't have enough have enough experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, how am I supposed to get experience I if college, nobody bro. gonna give me some? You know. You know what I mean. So uh, then I found out that my uh, college was doing that trip. Uh, it's like every other year. It's okay. not every year. Every other year, and it fell on my senior year. So okay. I told my mom and stuff and. We made it work, and I was able to go. And we went to New York for like a week and a half. Then we went to Paris mm-hmm. for a week, then London for a week, then Milan for the uh, last week. Dope. Okay, yeah. so you was out here, you know what I'm saying, country hopping, stay hopping, all that. And so then you get to, is it Paris? London. You get to London. Yeah. You get to London, and what do you see in London? Well, no, it was Paris. It's Paris. It was Paris. I was like, I know I'll be doing my research. Yeah, right, my you know what I'm So you get to Paris, uh-huh. and then what do you see in Paris? So it's so crazy, too, because I didn't really even like Paris like that. I didn't really enjoy it because mm-hmm. I had this whole other, like, ima- I, image yeah. of it in my mind. But when mm-hmm. I got there, it wasn't like that. It was people. It's, it's like going to ATL. It's like people trying to scam you or... <laughs> Said <laughs> stuff on the street, like yeah. right by the Alpha Tower and stuff like that. So, yeah. but, um, on the, the 
second to last day, mm-hmm. I found this city where like had a Supreme store and had like shoe stores and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I've been here a week and they know nothing about this. Like, I, I, I would have been over here. Mm-hmm. So I've seen this like, it was a shoe store, but it was like a three-story shoe store. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen it like that. It was like older Jordans and autographed jerseys and stuff like that. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this is super tight. But on, on that type of level, I didn't think I was able to do to something do that. like that mm-hmm. until I got to London and I saw like a smaller one and it was like teenagers running it mm. and people were coming in selling shoes and trading shoes and stuff like that and it was it was a small building but I'm like man this is this is cool like this would be so tight to have back home yeah but in my mind I, I still didn't think that I would do something like that okay yeah until I got back from the trip Okay, bet. So let's go back a little bit. Because one of the things I do want to kind of pull out some is it's like, okay, when you first got started, we talking about just like teenager, young adult. It was like, I don't really know what it's going to look like. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And I think sometimes people feel like they have to have it all figured out. Like most of the people that are doing things, they assume that they've always known that that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, I I doubt this. Factual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But sometimes that'll stop people from getting started because it's like, well, I don't know what I want to do. So, and then instead of continuing to try and figure it out, we just kind of settle into whatever. Yeah. You know, and one thing I can appreciate about you is like, hey, I tried marketing. I ain't like it. I tried this. I ain't like it. But sometimes we'll try it and we'll just get stuck in it because it's like, well, okay. And then we find ourselves moving through life doing things that we don't want to do. We get to the end and just a bunch of regret you know what i'm saying and so i think it's important to also give yourself the opportunity to keep trying different things until you figure out what you want to do you know what i mean like and don't be afraid to put something down and change your mind i say all the time like you know what i'm saying don't be afraid to fail or don't be afraid to i'm gonna i don't want to do it no more and what you know what i'm saying i always hate it when people like uh get mad at someone for, like, changing. Like, I, I can see if they change for the worse, but they're not the same person they used to be. Like, they don't go, go out as much no more, or they don't just do stuff that they used to do. But it's like they're evolving. They're growing as a person. It's like if they stay the same, they're going to be in the same spot. They're not getting any better, in my opinion. Right. So, and it's like you would, you, you would want people to change. And we're going to jump into that, too, because there's this other side of once you get started, once you start doing things, entrepreneurship, small business ownership, it requires something different from you. Mm. Like you can't be the same person that you were when you started because you have other people to lead. You have teams, you have inventory, you got overhead, right? Mm. So, okay. So I just wanted to pull that out. Like I appreciate the fact that you kept trying things until you figured out what you wanted. So you went on this trip. Mm. You said Paris was like Atlanta full of scammers. He said it. I didn't. And then, you know what I'm saying? And then the... uh, (laughs) Language barrier. No one spoke English. And, like, the train system that we took wasn't in English. So, I'm like, man. Okay, let's pause. This is so outside of what we talk about. Uh, Americans, anytime we go out of the country, people are not going to speak English. We're the only people who like, go to somebody else's country and be like, why you don't speak at English? Least have some words in English or something. Like, I'm getting on trains. Tell me this. Tell me this. Tell me this. Tell me this. Because they're so disrespectful to you in their country, right? <laughs> tell me this. When you go to Publix, mm-hmm. do you see the, the the instructions in Russian, Spanish, and and Chinese? That's Absolutely not. Like, Americans are the only We're people entitled. that... 
We, we are very entitled. Like, I've been to other countries, and, like, people get so upset because it's like, y'all ain't got no menus in English. It's like, no, nigga, you're in Italy. Like, you know what I'm saying? This my country. Like, Americans be so mad. You did it. Don't make me go off on you. He laid in, like, Paris because they ain't have nothing English. That ain't no the reason why, but it, it added to it. I ain't gonna lie. I love us. For real, in my Monique voice. And then I was the only dude on the trip. It was me, one black girl, and like 20 white girls. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the demographics was a little different. But mm-hmm. the most important thing is that you went and saw something that you never saw before. Right. And it completely changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So you got back, and you saw something dope in Paris. You saw something really amazing in London. Mm-hmm. And so this is your senior year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were like, so most of the time you have to kind of write this paper, do all that. But you you propose something different to like your school, your professors, your advisors. You said, listen, can I get the credits I need if my senior year I choose to start a business instead? Yeah, right. Who does that? I don't know. I just had the balls to do it, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, like I said, every everybody in my uh, field had an internship, but it was mainly girls. I, it was me and like two other dudes in the whole field. Gotcha. But um, I couldn't find one, so I went to him and was like, "Look, I can't find one, and uh, the school is going to start in like two months. So if I can start my own business by the time the semester ends, can that count as a, a grade or like?" Same thing as the internship, and he was like, "If I can have it open by the end, then yeah." So mm-hmm. you need some credits for this internship. You can't find one. You like, listen, I ain't finding no internship. I'm about to stress myself out, but I think I have a concept that I can launch. So can I graduate, have the credits I need, if instead I could just start my own business mm-hmm. at the same time time that I'm going through my senior year and have it open by the time I graduate? Right. I love that audacity for you. Hey. Gotta do what you gotta do. But you know? but it worked out, right? Yeah. So that, that's another kind of characteristic and principle. I think that's important to highlight that you have to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not take no for an answer. You know, so it's like, okay, bet. Because you could have been like, yo, I can't find an internship, so what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. And then just went to them with that. But you came to them with a solution. You know what I'm saying? And I think stuff like that always is like a foreshadowing into what we need to be successful business owners mm-hmm. which is audacity and which is being a problem solver right you didn't take a problem to him and just leave the problem on the table mm-hmm. you had a problem and you came to him with the solution kind of, yeah. and, and the solution is what i want to do right you know what i'm saying so like sometimes people get distracted because somebody will like tell them no or there'll be some type of resistance and they'll just like let that be what it's gonna be mm-hmm. you like no 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 what we gonna do is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not coming to you like, so I just think that that's, that's important to know. So you say, okay, bet, like, let me start a business. Mm-hmm. And if I can start a business by the time I graduate, mm-hmm. then let me up out this thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it worked out, obviously. So what did you, yeah. what did you do? But I mean, okay. So did you, did you open a physical location by the time you graduated? Yeah. Was it just having an LLC? So what right. was, so what was that process? So my, the first store opened two weeks before I graduated. Like, I had to close down on a Saturday to go to graduation. <laughs> yeah. I am on the floor, not literally, but I am figuratively. <laughs> it's hilarious. So you like bet. So all through senior year, you're building this business. You... Uh, I had, uh, it, it was my last semester. So I had from Get June, July, and we opened in 
December. So Okay, so you have from July to December. Mm. Leave me alone. So you have from July to December to open this business. Mm. And you got it open two weeks before graduation. Mm. You closed it down on that Saturday so Mm. you could actually walk across the stage. Correct. Come on. Bring it in. All right. So let's talk about what you had to do to actually open, though. Right. So after the study abroad trip, when I got back, I still wasn't thinking about doing my own thing. I was thinking about how can I find a if an internship. Mm-hmm. And it so happens that my mom has her own store across the street from my store that I have now. Okay. I, I was in her store one day. Just it's in there like bored because it was summertime mm-hmm. and I uh, looked across the street and seen a for rent sign and I just went over there and looked in and it happened to be an empty an old em- empty shoe store get out of my face and then the first thing came to my mind was like that store I saw in London I'm like man this would be cool to have to have like down here but I was a broke college student right so I'm thinking the rent price was going to be outrageous but when I called him he said something that was so like so obtainable, I'm like, man, I, I can make this work somehow. And then it just so happened that last refund check we get, you know? Yes. I got like eight racks. I mean, yeah, this like, I'm rich. I ain't gonna lie, like my first, probably like two to three years of college, I, first two weeks, that's blow. Listen, BMF, blow. we out of here, baby. That's blow, I'm balling. <laughs> BMF. But yeah. that one, I'm like, man, this perfect. I'm gonna use this to put towards this. And I called him. He told me the price. I was like, bet. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Then he uh, showed it to me, signed the lease, got the refund check, and took off from there. Started buying inventory and, okay. and everything. Set up. All right, so let's dig into the numbers. All mm-hmm. right, let's dig into the numbers. So you, and I have a similar story, and most of the people I talk to is very similar. Like, if you think of something that you want, the next step is just begin to do whatever you need to do to get that thing. Lay it out step by step. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes like we take too much time vacillating. Like, oh, maybe I could. Be. It's like you like, hey, I want. I think I want to open a shoe store. Oh, snap. They're going to build it. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like the your thought didn't stop with I'm a broke college student. Your thought was like, I'm a broke college student, but what they got to do with anything? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we stop ourselves, we stop our thoughts at the moment of our limitations. Right. So, oh, I want to build in, but how am I going to do that? How are you going to afford it? So I guess I can't do it. You know what I mean? So even with the space we're in, I live, I seen this building plenty of times. I was like, man, I want that building. It's dope. Mm-hmm. So before I had any money, I called and toured the building. And I tell people all the time, I was in this building for like three days a week. I ain't signed no lease. I had people coming here measuring stuff, looking at how much it was going to take. They like... Right? I had people come here giving me all type of quotes. Ain't signed no lease, no deposit. This man is like, ma'am, you you know, what do you want from me? I'm like, I'm getting ready for my stuff. What are you talking about? I need to be prepared. So, okay, let's double check the numbers. So, you look across the street, you see the building, you're like, bet, I ain't got no money, but I'm going to call anyway. Mm. Because the the least I could do is just find out. Yeah, I mean, if it's like like $5,000 a month, then I'm like, okay, well, this is not going to work. At least not right now, yeah. And so, and so we don't even ask, we don't even we don't even get far enough to figure out if it's possible. No, but we, we just talk ourselves out of it all the time, the whole time. Or we ask somebody we know who don't really have our same intuition, and they talk us out of it. That so, part, yeah. okay. So you call him. How much did he say was the rent? Seven hundred. You like? Let's go. For like a twenty five hundred building. A twenty five hundred square, square foot building, already built as a shoe store. Mm-hmm. Now I am. 
a person who has a very strong faith life. Stuff like that for me is just always a sign that like God is looking out. Right. I say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, bet I want to have a shoe store, bet it's one across the street for seven hundred dollars. Now the now after I've shown you that, the question is what you gonna do? So you like, okay, bet. All right, seven hundred dollars. I can figure that out. Now, where do I get the money from? We're talking about creative funding. Mm-hmm. It's like, hello, government. You're going to charge me for this money anyway to be in debt. I might as well use it to figure out how I can get what I want. So you take the refund check and you you flip it. Yeah. It was like he was kind of um, Mimi halfway. He was mm-hmm. showing me everything. He was giving it to me. But he gave me the refund check, but he was testing me. Like, am I going to blow it or am I going to do the right mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. was right. Yeah. Okay, so you get that. So there's the rent you got to pay. Mm-hmm. You got to get the and the down payment. The same thing as the rent. So right, double. you double. So you got to get this fourteen hundred. Yep. Okay, so you got to get the the lights turned on. The lights turned on. All the utilities. So yep. and there's a different cost when you're getting utilities turned on for a actual commercial space. Mm-hmm. Right. So even when I was turning my um utility bills on, I'm like, what y'all need a nine hundred dollar deposit for? <laughs> <laughs> it's power, you know. But it was different because it's commercial. So you got to mm-hmm. turn on all utilities. Mm-hmm. You got to get insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got to get insurance. Um, um, type of licenses and stuff like that. Licenses. I had no idea. I'm thinking blindly because I didn't have any business background knowledge. I'm thinking I'm just going to get the building, pay the first month rent, not no deposit. I, I didn't know about that either because yeah. I, I didn't have an apartment. I, I still stayed with my uncle. <laughs> okay. So pay the first month rent and then just... Open from there. <laughs> Put the shoes on the wall. Here we go, baby. You're going to yeah. give me this money. Okay. So I signed the lease in like July. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, um, I wasn't able to open until December. So that okay. gives you a timeline on. Okay. What well, all the steps that it took. So you, yeah. you're doing all of that. You have to, I mean, it's already built as a shoe store, but I'm sure there were a few modifications you had to make to the space. Okay. And then you had to think about, okay, I got to get inventory. Mm-hmm. So how did you determine like, okay, how many shoes am I going to start with? <laughs> like, is it how much I can afford? Because you also had like vintage clothing, right? Or right. Just, so you got vintage clothing, you got shoes. How did you determine based on this $8,000, we could just say half of it's gone getting all the building, all the licenses, insurance. So how did you determine, like, okay, how much inventory I need, and then where did you go to get it? So really, uh, like you said, how much I can afford. Uh, I kind of started off on the wrong foot. I started out buying inventory when um, I even came across the idea. Like, Mm. before I even signed the lease, I was was buying inventory. Mm -hmm. So by the time I had to start getting, like, the licenses and stuff like that, it was running low. But yeah, I was buying inventory from my friends, online, from myself, because I always had like a a decent shoe collection. Okay. So I was taking my own stuff and putting it to the side for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this in a way I can for real. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So see so one, you had to figure out how to manage this money right. Mm-hmm. Cause this eight thousand dollars was your startup cost. Right. And you had to get to the finish line. Because right. also if you blew this money, you also weren't gonna graduate from college. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's yeah. like, I'm going to blow this refund check. I got this. And I put my name on this lease. And most of the time when you do commercial leases, it's it's about five years. You know, like sometimes you can negotiate three to five years, but most of the time it's about five years. Right? So now you just, how old were you your senior year? 22, 23. So you put your, you put your. 22 going into 23. Okay. So you put yourself on the line for a five-year lease. 
Uh, How much? Actually, two years. Okay. Oh, okay. He liked you. Okay. He's two. old too. Okay. Uh, he's still alive. He's still with us, right? He died recently. Like, mm, uh, R.P. Thank you. He was like oh. in his nineties, but he was still driving, like kicking it. Fancy car, still mowing his grass. And man, like shout that. out, like, man. We appreciate you for for everything you sold into us, <laughs> man. Bob Files for Bob. The, the chance he gave me. Bob. Yeah. Okay. So you got a two-year lease. Mm -hmm. So you put yourself on the line for two years. You got to make sure you manage this $8,000 refund startup cost. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, you're going to blow it. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, he's going to take you to court. And then you're not going to, you're not going to graduate from college. Yeah. So there's this certain level. I said this before, like there's this certain level of like, delusion may not be the right word, but there's this certain level of like, just acting like everything is not as crazy as it seems. Mm -hmm. For you to keep going. That's the right word, though, because I didn't even think nothing about none of that. that and <laughs> I just think about how can I make this happen? Not if I don't make it happen, what's going to happen? I love that. Yeah. So one of my mentors in my head, Dame Dash, he says that all the... You out with Dame? Yeah, Dame. We love Dame. Dame, how are you? I just want you to know we're friends. So one thing he always talks about, he's like, I don't spend my time thinking about the negative stuff, mm -hmm. like what could go wrong. I spend all my time thinking about why it's going to work. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that's important for us as entrepreneurs. Like, because literally, if you would have took your time thinking about what I just said, you wouldn't, you may have not done it. Or you probably would have waited and been like, maybe I should wait. Or, you know what I'm saying? So as entrepreneurs, small business owners, creators, innovators, like our job is not to think about all the things that could go wrong. Right. Our job is to think about everything that could go right once I get this idea out of my head and into the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you July to December, you get the store launched. Mm -hmm. You did it. You go to graduation. Mm -hmm. Now you got to make some money. Mm -hmm. Okay. So was there, what was the marketing plan? Like, how did you, how did you, the people already know you for kind of being in shoes, being yeah. in fashion. How did you get people to the doors? So I was known for uh, two things growing up, either shoes or basketball. So people knew me from having all type of shoes and stuff. So word of mouth. And then Instagram came out. I feel old saying this. It came out when I was You're like not. A, you were born in 94. A senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, it came out when I was a senior in high school. I was well into college. You're not You're not old. Don't do that. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, so, Instagram, I was uh, posting about it as well, too. Yeah. Okay. So, you open the doors, and, okay, it's your first day, like, sellout smash. You're like, oh, thank you, God. I made all my $8,000 back. Well, it's not really yours, the government's, mm -hmm. but, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was that? What was that first weekend kind of day opening? Did it exceed your expectations, or did you have to keep yourself encouraged because it was, like, an uphill battle? Now, it was a great day for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I made, like, 3K, and I thought I, I was, like, balling. Like, yeah. That was, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Outstanding. Yeah. But then the next day, it wasn't. wasn't <laughs> it was. The same. It, it wasn't the same. Yeah. Okay. So you, how long have you had? How long is has your company been open now? It'll be six years this December. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Thank you. Because there are statistics. We're, we don't care about statistics, to be honest with you. But there are statistics around like most businesses five that years. five years. You know what I'm saying? So congratulations. And not only in that that six years have you you started that one store because you started in Bessemer, right. right? Is that still is that store still there? Yep. Okay. So then you then you opened a second location mm -hmm. in Birmingham in Georgia. Don't play with him. Okay. Don't play with him. So. You went from Bessemer to Georgia. We're at in Georgia, so people, the people know. Douglasville. Douglasville. Oh, but listen, don't speed through Douglasville because you're going to jail, my boy. Okay? So you went from, you know that. Them Douglasville police don't play, baby. Um, So 
We went from Bessemer to Douglasville, and your third location, because he's not to be played with, is in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk us through that process, and then we're going to also bring Ryder to the conversation around, like, the operational side, different things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I want to know the process, because you scaled the company, which is a big deal. Like, I'm, I'm sure you don't strike me as the type of person that sleeps on yourself, but just in case, I just want you to know that's a big deal. In six years to scale your company to three locations in two different states, mm-hmm. right? So what is that process like? So how do you know? Because I think most people don't know when they have enough cash flow to open another location, right. understanding the demand. But then when we talk about scaling, there's always the conversation around building teams, mm-hmm. who's going to run these different things. And, you know, people always talk about like, this is my baby. I feel like I'm the only one who can work. Okay, we'll be tired. Nah, that's a that's a thing. That's too. a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. But be tired. Yeah, because I had that for a minute. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got out of it, right? So, but, so because, because there's the thing of like you got three different locations. You have to be confident in your team and your systems mm-hmm. that your store in Douglasville, in Bessemer, and in Birmingham can run effectively without you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what was that process? Like, how did you know once you were in Bessemer that you were at a place to where you could to could open another location? And why Douglasville? Because I know that there's a certain level of market research to know where to go next and where your demand is coming from. So I'm going to take you back to um, before I even opened. So okay. um, the 8,000 was getting low after because every time I did something, I got a license, I needed something else. I needed mm-hmm. a fire extinguisher. I needed the roof fix. It's I, always I, I, it's always an expense. I needed the AC fix, stuff like that. So after a while, I ran out. I ain't gonna lie. So then I'm thinking like, okay, so now I need some more money to make stuff happen. So then I had to do it. I started selling my shoe collection mm. one by one, and it hurt so bad. Oh, yeah, man, it hurt. I was selling stuff that was so hard to get. Oof. Yeah, but I was selling it to this guy who I uh, found from my brother. He was selling him shoes. Uh, he had a he had a um, online subscription-based site. So people okay. had to subscribe to his site in order to buy shoes for good prices. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a great idea. Like, yeah. He was making money without selling shoes because of subscriptions. Yeah. So I reached out to him, met him, was selling him stuff, and every time a, n- another bill came up, sold him some more stuff. And okay. after a while, he asked me, like, because I was selling him stuff... To, he like, he like, bro, what is going on? Stuff he couldn't find, like, st- stuff that didn't come out of Alabama, stuff that was super hard to get. And he asked me, like, why I was doing all this. I was telling him I'm trying to open up a store. And he was like, bet, uh, let him know when I open it and he'll pull up. So he came to Grand Opening and he bought pretty much over half my inventory. Oh, man, shout out. I mean, I didn't have nothing but, like, 50 pairs of shoes to start off with. But so hey. he bought 25 pairs. Who, who goes right. to the store and buys 25 pairs of right. shoes? You saying, like, that's a light day. Uh, he stuff for sure. And then, like you said, it was a lot of long days. Uh, some days we'll probably sell one thing. Some days, no things. Uh, mm-hmm. Some day, I ain't gonna lie. One day, I, I was in there falling asleep, and a customer came and like tapped me and asked for asked for help. I'm like, yeah, but because I was the only one there working, mm-hmm. um, open to close six days a week. And mm-hmm. then on my off day, I drive back to Tuscaloosa to work at Foot Locker. So you so wait a minute for, now. So for f- for five months straight, I was working seven days a week. Wait, pause, cause I ain't catch that. Yeah. 
So you're running memory lane in Bessemer mm-hmm. and working at Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. How, Sway? I didn't even um really, not saying no, I was working seven days a week, but I didn't even think about it because I was just so into it and so focused on the end goal that I just. Okay, and give give us some context. Mm-hmm. What's the drive from Bessemer to Tuscaloosa? 40 minutes. Okay. Around 40 minutes, yeah. So you work in memory lane. You're the only you're, you're your only employee mm-hmm. selling shoes. And then you leave there, close, lock up, turn the alarm on because you got to protect the merchandise. Right. And you drive 40 minutes to go work at Foot Locker. Every Monday, yep. Because when you first open, you can't pay yourself. Right. I was working at Foot Locker all throughout college from like 20... 13, 2014. Did they know you had did they know you had your own shoe store? I told my my uh boss um when I signed the lease and she uh actually was like happy for me and she, she came to the store once it opened. And my I told my uh district manager mm-hmm. and he was happy for me too. He he even I mean yeah, because they don't own foot locker, they ain't losing out right. on He even brought all the store uh store people, store managers from other footlockers around. Oh, that's dope. To, the, to, my, to my story. Okay, that's yeah. dope. So this is um man, that's a lot. But yeah, I was uh doing that for the first five months. And then That's why you wake up in the afternoons now, because you can, huh? Yeah, like <laughs> everybody know that. Like he probably even know that. Yeah, He's like, listen, I don't pay my dude, but I don't yeah, stay. I'm tired. Okay. For real. But um so then I say, uh, like the last week of every month, the guy who had the site called Sitting Shoes too. Yeah. It was a sign from God, I guess, because he he probably knew I was struggling. So he'd come like towards mm-hmm. the end of every month, like cause the next week rent was due. Mm-hmm. He'd come and buy a bunch of inventory then. That's dope. I was able to make rent every month. Then after a while, it was uh we started getting not really bigger, but people start hearing about us because mm-hmm. we bought shoes. Yeah. And you know, if if you ever need money, then that's like a pathway to make money. So mm-hmm. people were bringing in shoes, and I couldn't afford all of them. Yeah. So instead of just passing on all of them, I call him and be like, "Hey, this person got this and this. You do, you, do you need it? Yeah. And he'll either send me some money to get it, or he'll come and, and stay for like a few hours and buy shoes and stuff. And then he'll he'll like uh give me something on the side. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's what doing. Okay, that. so that's dope. Yeah. So this person who's extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. But end up becoming one of your business partners. Yep. Yeah. Yep. My, my, my only business partner. To yeah. this day. Yeah. To this day. Um, that's amazing. So then together, and it's cool because it was somebody who had a knowledge of the business already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because sometimes we want to bring people in who don't know nothing about it, but we care about them. They're cool. They're friends. Yeah. But this is a person who once showed you he was willing to support not only with his words, but with financial support by being a customer of your mm-hmm. business and a supporter. Mm-hmm. But then also he had knowledge, industry knowledge mm-hmm. about what you were particularly doing. So it made for a great partnership. Right. So together y'all scale these com- the, the company to multiple locations. So when did you know, after you guys got stable and it's your first location, when did you know it was time to go to another one? So after five months of... Uh, being by myself, I approached him with the idea of like joining up since he he was coming pretty much every other day to buy mm-hmm, shoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I approached him with the idea of joining up. And I ain't gonna lie, at first he said he didn't tell me no, but I talked to him like 
some years later about it and he remember mm-hmm. like in his mind he was like nah i ain't mm-hmm. doing that mm-hmm. but i called him and uh we talked for like a few probably like 30 seconds he was like he'll think about it mm-hmm. and he called me back probably like two minutes later it was like he'll do it yeah yeah because he said he said he thought about it then he called his best friend he was like yeah that's a great idea uh-huh. so and after that we took off we, we got one inventory in and people started finding out about us and okay we took off and then uh our, when COVID happened we had to close down mm. uh, physically, but it uh, gave us the chance to start our website. Oh, yep, yeah. online. Yeah, and so we still were buying shoes. We were taking appointments, and people would come in and sell us shoes. And it, it got to a point where we had more inventory in the back than we had like on the floor. Oh, wow. And uh, his friend in uh, Georgia lost his job, and he told him about the city, which is... Douglasville, Douglasville that didn't have a shoe store and it was like it's a perfect mm. spot and he he told he uh told me about it i was like man that's that's perfect because we got shoes just to put in there like instead so of having to buy inventory, inventory we got inventory yeah got it and that's how we uh we uh googled people who like and fi- help find us places in georgia uh-huh, uh-huh. places in georgia toured them the next week mm-hmm. and we uh signed Sound the least like around the same time. That's dope. So yeah. somebody was like, "Hey, I know the next market for you, but there are no shoe stores, so you can really come in and kind of monopolize in a way mm. in this market." And it's like, "Bet," because I got too many shoes anyway. I need somewhere yeah. else to put these bad boys. Right. And where better to go than somewhere where there is a demand for it? So it was just the the next right move. So you saw where there was an opportunity for your business to be the highest in demand in a place. Right. So when like, oh, well, I don't care what you're talking about. I want to go to Atlanta. It's like, no, I'm going to where the demand is there and we know that we have a customer base. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Okay, so when you're going to these different locations and you're opening up, at this point, is all of this self-funded? Did you have to go get capital? Did you have to leverage business credit? Or were you able to just take the cash flow, manage it well? Or was it kind of the partnership where there was support there? Uh Everything so far has been self-funded with me and him, me and the other team. Dope. Dope. I love that. I love that. Because there's this large conversation around funding for black businesses. And people- Hard to get, It's hard to get. You know, even though right now there's more people saying that they're open to it, it still is a challenge to get. People need operational capital. So, okay. So, we got those locations. Big deal. Amazing. I just want to say- that's amazing. I don't want you to sleep on yourself. It's a big deal. So you got these three locations, but you got to get people to work. Mm-hmm. How did you go about finding people? Did you use a HR company? Was it like, hey, we on Craigslist? Well, people don't use Craigslist, but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we on the D. Like, how did you go about getting a team of people to work in these different locations? So uh, at our first store, before the second store even came about, uh, each summer, our high school would um give us two students mm. to work for us like not an internship but you know yeah, something like that mm-hmm. but and um the city would pay them like we mm. wouldn't pay them so we okay. got our first two workers like that which one happens to be our store manager in bessemer now dope dope yeah he started out as like a junior in high school mm-hmm. now he, i love that okay yeah so started out like that and then my partner was, was trying to learn spanish mm-hmm. for some reason I mean, because that's good, because that's good. Pe- because Americans need to learn other languages. That's that good. is why. That's good. But he hired a <laughs> Hispanic uh, guy in high school who came in one day, and he was he he, he just started talking Spanish to so him, just, just oh, practicing. Dope. It's not really because 
I had talked to like the Hispanic people and they don't like that. Okay, that was like, hey, bro, cut that out. You sound horrible. Like he's trying to like, he didn't even say hey to him. He just started speaking Spanish so as soon as he come in. Okay. Yeah, which. Because they're like, how you know I speak Spanish? But, and yeah. And okay. then back then, his Spanish was a little broken. He wasn't. Was How fluid. he is now. Yeah, yeah, okay. So can he speak fluent Spanish now? Yeah, he could now. You, you see why it was important for him to get started? Yeah. But okay. No, nah, I'm, I'm saying all this to say he hired a Hispanic guy <laughs> okay. just to help him learn Spanish, but I also love... to work with us, too. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so so he the, smell. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was, you know. And so the Hispanic guy, um, he was a super hard worker, like super hard worker. And uh, he asked him if he had friends mm-hmm. like him. And he did. So he brought some more dudes on, which happened to be our store manager in Birmingham now. I love that. And then uh, when the summer ended, the two guys from Bessemer, uh, one left, but the the one who's with us now, he asked if he could stay like longer because he, he liked the jobs. So we hired him on too. Cool. And that's how we started. You know, so it really was kind of like grassroots. Like as you grew one place, you were able to develop people, and then they were able to go on to the next, the next thing. So we're gonna. I'm gonna ask some more questions from you, Rod, to about because um, you work in the Birmingham location. Yes. So I'm gonna ask some more questions around culture. I might need some more time. Ask some more questions around culture. Um, but the, the the one of the last questions I have is. How did you know when it was time for you to be able to pull out the business? Because now you're not involved in the day-to-day. Mm. You just kind of manage the vision as you should, right? Which mm. is our, our goal to move from entrepreneur to owner to, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you determine like when it was time or when you could kind of pull back and just let things run? So like I said, I started the first five months solo, open and close six days a week, full locker, the seven day. Then once my partner came on, he stayed with me until like 5 p.m., but I would still be there from open to close. Mm-hmm. And that lasted for like a year, almost two years or so, mm-hmm. until we, well, we hired the guys, but they weren't trained to do what we do, so mm-hmm. I, I would still have to be there. But um, it got to a point where he saw me being like over. Yeah. Not even overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed, but he saw... Like you were getting the rest though. I was young. I was young. It's he's different a, now. I was young. But, um, okay. He saw what's growing. He saw how many people were coming in. And like on Sundays, I'd be the only one there, mm-hmm. and I would be the one buying, checking out. Like it, it'd be ten people in the store. I'd be checking somebody out. All right, hold on. Uh, Go over there. Got you. Somebody. All right, hold on. No, I was. So you kind of spread thin. You and, and that could impact your customer service, which you talk facts, a lot about. Facts, mm-hmm. facts, facts. And I was, I was working Sundays solo for. Probably close to a year, almost two years, mm. until we start training the uh, guys up to do what we do. But then, uh, so he started. He's a morning person. He would go up to like five a.m. every day. So he started coming from like open to like five, four or five p.m. And I started coming to close. Yeah, we started doing that for like two years. And then once the second store came, I would go the first half of the week, open to close, and he he would go on weekends. Got you. And I, I would drive to Georgia every single week, which was got super duper exhausting. Burnt out. So after a while, I got kind of burnt out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say after once Birmingham came, that's when I like I kind of like started pulling away a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then like not not 
to do it full time, but just like to take a break. Yeah. And once I start feeling the like energy back to go back, yeah, we were like fully staffed, and I'd be in there and not have anything to do. do. Yeah, and that, and that's a that's a beautiful thing. It is, but at the same time, like we were talking about, it's like it's like if if you have a child and you raise a child and he goes off to college mm-hmm. and you. He kind of doesn't need you no more. It's like a bittersweet oh, feeling. Your baby don't need you no more. Right, like he's grown now. He's good, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, yeah. but I think too, it's a testament to the work ethic. It's a testament to the strategy. You know what I'm saying? It's a mm-hmm. testament to what you've been able to build because too, it gives you the space as a as a creative to think about where you want your business to go. Mm-hmm. I think most people don't even get that opportunity because all they do is work in it. And if you are stuck in the day-to-day, you can't figure out where's the next location or what's the next revenue stream you want to grow or do we want to get into this or do brand partnerships. Like you don't have time to think about that, right? right. So, I mean, I, I definitely hear you with it being like bittersweet, but I think, too, it's a testament. And ultimately, when you think about it, I'm sure Jeff Bezos is not itching and scratching to get on the Amazon warehouse no, floor. Fact, fact. Yeah, he could care. I mean, I'm good now. At first, it was kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm good I'm now. Good I'm now. straight. I'm straight. Good now. <laughs> no, that's, that's amazing. So... Okay, so you have these locations, and then you have amazing team, mm. amazing support people, like Rod, Roddy. Yes. You still with us, Roddy? Yes, I'm still with y'all. <laughs> so I'll just just really quickly with the time that we have left, I do want you to kind of share a little bit about you know the day to day operations. Like, what is that like? I think it's important when we talk about you being able to step away. One of the things and one of the reasons why you can do that is because you have a team that can function properly and you're not concerned about the heart of your organization going crazy when you're not there because i think one of the things when you love your customers and love your business it's important to you the experience they have right and one of the reasons we want to be there because we want to make sure every person has the experience that we know they can but you can step away because y'all manage that so what is it like kind of ensuring that the culture stays intact as you're like building a team and you being a part of like the day-to-day operations uh, you just got to stay on social media for starters, you know, can't live without our phones. So that uh, plays a huge role. Um, just knowing what to buy. Uh, we have to study the market. Okay. We study uh, StockX is the main shoe market. So we study that every day. We look at that every day. We buy inventory every day. Um, you, have to ha- you also have to have excellent customer service. So just being tenacious, just being kind to people, uh, just catering to their needs. It's a, it's a lot that, that goes on, but. We just, just stay locked in every day. Yeah. So we got, I'm an associate, but I'm training up to be a buyer right now. So I'm on the floor making sure the customers are well taken care of. The buyers, they study the market. They know what to buy. They know what to turn down. And then we have our managers who they uh they do a whole bunch. They wear a whole bunch of hats, inventory. Yeah. You know, they, they help on the floor. So it's, it's like a tier level, but mm-hmm. we all come together and we, we all make it happen. That's dope. I didn't even think about that. Obviously, there has to be, because one thing I too like to hone in on is systems. The way you can scale is you got to have a system. You have to know exactly what you're doing at one place and replicating that to another, right? So mm-hmm. so there are, there's sales associates, there's buyers, and, and then, then there's, there's managers. managers. Yes. And so that's dope because those are like three areas that have to be covered. We got to have inventory. We need people buying the right things, utilizing the capital right, making sure that there needs to be someone managing our inventory and our stock and then somebody ensuring that our customers are taken care of. Right. So that's too, I didn't even think about it. You're like, listen, this, this is no different than the New York Stock Exchange. Baby, we up here studying what's going on. We, right. we studying the 
trends in the market. And I think that's important to know your industry and to make sure like your people know the industry as well. So that's dope. Like, okay, so there's these three different facets. um, And then for you, right? And I said, I told y'all before I was going to put y'all on the spot. So like for you, what was it about this company that made you say, you know what? Like, I'm down. Like, I want to be a part of it. I want to grow because you're like, listen, I I'm, I, I work as in a, a sales now, but shoot, I want to train and learn how to be a buyer. What, what was it about this company and Chris and your partner T that made you buy into this vision? Uh, it was just the camaraderie and the belief that everybody has. Uh, it just felt like home. Um, Chris is an excellent leader, but he doesn't rule with an iron fist. Everybody's so supportive and they let you know from the jump, hey, you're right here. But in this amount of time, you could be somewhere else. You could be your, you could be running your own store. You could be a manager here and there. So um, the opportunity to grow and the camaraderie we have with each other is what uh, inspired me to stay with the company. And it also made me want to work for them. Yeah. Okay. So how did you learn about Memory Lane? Word of mouth through a friend. Um, yeah. Early early 2019, I was working the finish line. And this random guy who was one of my closest friends now, he had uh, these converse on. I think they were like CDG uh, Chucks. I was like, where did you get those? He was like... Okay, Paul, but what's a CDG? Don't be talking to me like that. Was, Why don't be talking to me like that, Pop? <laughs> like, I know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to sign. It's a uh, Japanese brand, but yeah. Okay. He had these shoes on, and I was like, where did you get those? And he was like, uh, bro, have you heard of Memory Lane? And I'm like, nah. So he he pulled up their Instagram. Uh, I checked them out, and I always stayed tapped in, but I, I never even thought about working there just because I was in school, and I didn't know... If they were fully staffed, I j- it just never dawned on me. Yeah. But um, that's how I found out about them early 2019. And I was, I've was i always been into vintage and sneakers and stuff like that. Okay. So that was right in my alley. I was I always bought from them. I didn't buy from them often, but, you know, with me being in school. But whenever I did have money, I did uh, I did buy from them. Yeah. And then um, a couple months after I graduated college, which was last year. Stop all that tapping for getting the microphone. I was in between jobs and uh, they posted that they were hiring. And mm-hmm. I, I knew that I always wanted to work there. So I trusted my gut. Uh, I took a chance. I was the first guy in there. Yeah. Had my resume. And in about three weeks, they called me back. Okay. They, they got me started. And it's been up. Yeah. Y'all stuck. stuck. Up and stuck. I love that. I love that. That's dope. Again, I just think that, you know, when you even inviting one of your team members is a testament to what you all are building. Um, because, of course, you know it started in your brain, but you know that it can't grow just with you right and so it's important for your people to know like listen we all in this together um but then too like for you to be able to share openly like yo i really dig what they're doing and i see the opportunity for growth i think that that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing um how many and i don't know one of y'all whoever know is how many employees do you have right now with your three locations i mean it's, it's close to 20 i believe yeah, yeah. like eight, 18 to 20 20 people mm. that's fire yeah. That's fiery. But so uh-huh. all are twenty four or younger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that do you think that that's a part of your like team demographic and makeup? Like do y'all look for people of a certain age? Yes and no. Um yes because they know what's going on in, yeah. in our industry. They keep up with it. Yeah. Because people my age People were born in ninety four. Yeah, I mean, we're still in it, but not so much because shoes come out every week now and it gets kind of yeah. like overwhelming the people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Don't keep up with it as much as they did when they were younger. So, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Okay, cool. So y'all have a 20 employees. That's amazing. Do you have like are there salary positions? Is everything hourly? Like how does that work out? So uh, our sales associates are uh hourly and mm-hmm. our managers are salary. That's dope. That's and again I'm asking these questions because that's a big deal mm-hmm. to have three locations, um, to have twenty employees, to have some salary and some hourly, because again that's that talks to the uh point of cash flow. Mm-hmm. knowing that you can kind of manage those things. So that's dope. I appreciate y'all for taking the time. I have so many more questions. So I might have to do a part two with you. Talking about she don't like to talk. What are you talking about? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like talking about myself in general. I, I feel weird even like taking compliments from people. I don't know. It just Okay. Me, well, this, this is my masterclass. Hi, I'm Alicia. Let's stop that right now. <laughs> like, we're not about to do that. Like, it's important to... To be able to receive, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, too, sometimes we're in a place where, like, we're constantly giving, but we don't know how to receive. Like, there's nothing wrong with a compliment. Just just say thank you. With me, I guess I got so many, so much stuff that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is just the beginning. So, I'm... Absolutely. It's like, I'm not even... I don't even think about what I've done. I'm thinking about what I'm want to do and what I'm doing and what I'm about to do. Yes, so. I agree. I think it's good to to keep your mind focused, future forward. But I think it also was important because the work is just that. It takes work. It's important to take a moment and to stay in gratitude and be grateful for what you have right now, though. I agree. Because what you have right now, was it was just a dream at one point. Facts. I agree. Always. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So take the compliment. Marvel and what you've been able to build. But, you know, one of my favorite movies is Love and Basketball. Mm. Don't be like Monica when she was like, oh. You should just stay there. You remember that part? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Don't be like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't be like that and stay stuck in the shot. You know what I'm saying? But do take a moment and just be like, man, look what we've done and keep climbing. You know? I agree. So you can you can take compliments and you did an awesome job. You did all that talking. With that being said, our fourth location is on the way. So Okay. You just gonna, you just, okay, we'll just stay locked in. Yeah. Okay. So I mean you gonna tell me where it's gonna be at or is that I, I tell you. Okay. Yeah. I'm so spe- I'm, now, I feel like Oprah. I'll tell you. Not on camera, you saying. Yeah. That kind of defeats the purpose, but I feel like I was Oprah getting exclusive. You know how like she sat down with Megan? It, it won't be soon. Like how? I mean, you're like number six, so I don't know. We're like, going to release two a month. Starting, what is this, March? Yeah. Yeah. So like in a few months? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you then. Okay, tell me. Houston. You're Next so time. cool. Yeah. What's going down? for you. Like, Okay, so okay, so how are you gonna staff that one? Like, how, do you just have a? So we're moving our store manager from the Georgia store and mm. our store manager from Bessemer, who who was the guy that started out yeah. as a um, high school intern. Uh-huh. He's going with him and uh, our assistant manager in Bessemer. So they start. That makes sense. So you yeah. start there. Oh, don't tap the table. Okay. So you start there, and so you start in Houston, but you take your people to train to get started there, and they go ahead and they recruit while they're there. Get everybody situated and they can come back home. Right. That's dope. I'm going to go for uh, to start Of course you're going because you want to go to Houston. I don't really like Houston. I like Dallas. I don't really, really? care Houston like that. No, I'm saying people might beat you up. I know. I, I hate I even say that. I hate to say that. Let's recant that. He loves <laughs> looking the camera. I, I love Houston. You love Houston. Each time. Tell them, tell them how much you love them. So amazing. Please come to memory lane. We love you as a city. Okay. That's dope. I'm more chill and laid back. So that's. Houston is not it's my they, vibe. They be too turned. So you want to go to I'm like, you want to go to Palm Springs, Florida. What you say? You want to go down to the Panhandle. You want to go. Some chill, like, yeah. With the retired. I, I don't mind that, yeah. I just, I don't have time to play with you. 
Okay. Yeah, old, you know? Because you were born in 94. Exactly. I just can't even. That's that's almost too close to like why why two K. Like anybody who talked to me, they're like, yo, I was born in two thousand one. I'm like, what? Yeah, see, that's different. Is it? Yeah, that's different. Why are you different? All right, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you for coming. Thank you so much for sharing of your time. Thank you for being honest and sharing of your story. Thank you for inviting Rod to be with us. Thank you for sharing, Rod. Thank you for having um, us. And yeah, we we appreciated this conversation. We want to see more from you, hear more from you. So I know you don't want to be outside these streets, but it's official. You're outside. So I'm put, outside. we outside. I'm putting you outside. And I want you to know that I will gladly come to Houston to support and do whatever you need to do. That's good to hear. I yeah, I'm I'm great with systems operations and consulting. Okay. Okay. Keep it around. Gang, gang. Thank you. All right. Thank you so thank much. You. This is another episode of the How Do I Do This podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Joining us today, Chris Smoot. All right. Rod. What's your last name, Rod? Rodney Cooper. It's my idea. Okay. Rodney Cooper. Hey, Rodney Cooper with us from Memory Lane. Um, yeah, man. Visit them in their Bessemer location, their Douglasville location, and their Birmingham location, and their fourth location coming soon. It's up. Thank you for tuning in to the How Do I Do This podcast. I believe and hope something transformative was said today. So do me a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Be sure not to hoard all the jewels to yourself and share with those who need this information. Until next time.